Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome back to Midnight Movie Confessionals. This is another, I hate to admit, character study, but it is time to do another one yet again. Mm, those ribs are mighty tasty. I do sometimes have a hankering for ribs. Sometimes from Freddy's. Sometimes from Freddy's in D.C., but... Today we're not in the District of Columbia due to the pandemic and whatnot. That has kind of made things a little bit more increased from the political standpoint, if that makes sense. Now, if you've now if you're listening to this right when this gets released, I am hoping you all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. But there will only be one person that will probably not be wishing us that in a sense. Mr. Francis Joseph Underwood, President Underwood, the 46th President of the United States. Yes, we are doing another character study, ladies and gentlemen, and it is on Francis Underwood from the TV series, exclusive to Netflix, House of Cards. Now, why do I want to do that? I thought, you know what, due to the uprising of the political climate, as well as the most recent presidential election in the United States, I thought I would do hopefully a good half hour or so on a bit of a character analysis on Frank Underwood. Now, why would I want to do one on Frank Underwood, you ask? Why do I want to do, why do I want to, in a sense, beat a dead horse? Why would I want to do that? Well, there's a bunch of reasons why, but the most, the main reason for me to do this was actually due to the fact that, one, I've been a fan of Kevin Spacey for a long time. I used to like him a lot when I uh, watched him in movies and whatnot and other things that he's been in, but uh, I noticed that he was in this series. I never got a chance to watch it until now, and it is, like I mentioned, three days before Christmas Eve, and I do think that I might have to re-upload this because he's probably going to make another video... That's Frank Underwood, just like he did in 2018 and 2019, where he's at, like asking people to let him be Frank and kill others with kindness. But, who is Frank Underwood? Well, basically, Frank Underwood was, if I recall correctly, if I do recall correctly, quite properly, he was actually... A, he was the 46th president in the series... Before his death, he was the 49th Vice President of the United States. He was mainly, for the most part, he was, since 1984, well, wrong. He was a member of the South Carolina State Senate in the mid-80s until 1991. And then he was a U.S. member, he was a U.S. House of Representatives member of of South Carolina's 5th District. And then he became, in 2005, House Majority Whip. And... What's interesting about him being House Majority Whip was... This is where it starts. The way the whole series starts. He's just a Democrat. He's the Democratic Majority Whip in the House of Representatives. And he's representing the 5th Congressional District since the 90s. Since 1990. And he's... The reason why he's so... What happens is that he gets passed over for an appointment for the Secretary of State. You know, he's promised a position... By uh, Garrett Walker, who is now president, 
And he's kind of a little upset about it because he's just, he's given this opportunity and he's not being given it properly. Now he's upset about this and he wants to take over. He wants to get that job. And as time progresses through the first part of the series, he's having an, an extramarital affair with a reporter named Zoe Barnes. His uh, loyal chief of staff is helping him try and seek retribution and um, undermine his rival so he can get the chief of staff position away from Linda Vasquez. And uh, his wife, Claire, who's played wonderfully well by... Robin Wright, mind you, whom I never really saw before anything until realistically this move, until this series, and we'll get to her later, if we get to within the next 20 minutes or so, we'll get to her, but more or less, what happens during all this is that he's decided to find ways to befriend other people and encourage the representative of Pennsylvania, Peter Russo, to run for governor of Pennsylvania and he finds ways to do other very sickening things he he persuades Vice President Jim Matthews to resign so he can run for the office he previously held the governor of Pennsylvania like for Bruce to run for Pennsylvania yada 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 and by the end of the first season he's actually I kid you not appointed Vice President to replace Matthews, so he's working under Garrett Walker. He doesn't get to be Secretary of State. Quite the contrary. He gets to go above the role of Secretary of State. He becomes something else. He assumes the position over the course of the season he chases. He faces so many challenges from like people like Raymond Tusk involving Chinese money laundering through the casinos that he goes through. Um... Remy Danton, who's now a lobbyist working with Tusk, who used to work with him. He tries to he tries to erase all the links between Russo and he even I kid you not, shoves Zoe Barnes, the same person he had an affair with, into an oncoming metro train in Washington. And um frames her former colleague, Lucas Goodwin. For certain things like cyber terrorism and all this and that, he decides to support Jacqueline Sharp, military veteran and third term representative from California, to be the majority whip. Although he refrains from offering public backing. Towards the end of the season, he finds a way to be so manipulative, he even finds a way to make President Walker resign. Like to have him impeached, but instead he decides to resign. So under like so Frank could un, like could succeed him in being president. And um, with season three, it starts with a little bit of a rocky start with his presidency. He's unpopular. There's a lot of things he's tried to do. Like he tries to create what I would call one of the best things he's ever like any president would ever do for anyone in the world. If I'm honest. He he devises this weird plan. This strategy called America Works that 
seeks to, um, it's an ambitious jobs bill he tries to get set up, but he also, in the process, nominates his wife to be the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., and, um, a few other things, he won't, he even says he won't run for re-election, he, and he advocates for America Works, and he to, just intends to pay for by stripping entitlement programs. He get, he feels like the bill passed, of course, and he says. He, then, after that happens, he uses that as a reason to renege on his promise to not run in 2016. Now, the Solicitor General Heather Dunbar announces she was going to seek the presidential nomination and gives him a battle. All this sort of things happen. The like, as time goes on, Doug like uh. Douglas Stamper, who's been in the midst of it all, has been kind of on and off his uh, rehab because for the couple for the past few years or so, since maybe 1998 or so, or longer since he's been a part of um, um, Francis's staff, he's been mainly clean, but he's been, he's had issues with alcohol in the past and addiction. He has a few times where he falters only due to the fact that he just, he can't control himself. And, um, after one incident involving a woman he, I guess, had sex with or whatever, or is decided to protect, he decides to go off the deep, like he, um, finds himself injured. And he's kind of out of the season for a little bit, but he's been... Almost like the the bullet that hits everything. Like if if there was like if it was like if if Frank Underwood was a sniper, Stamper would be that bullet that would keep on coming back. He'd always be that one that he would use to boom shoot anyone, like shoot his target and get them dead. Or whatever, like clean kill sort of thing. Like he that that would be what Stamper was. And after a diplomatic crisis begins, the ambassador job is just something that Claire just decides to just say, nope. They end to an ugly fight, and it ends with her leaving Frank as he's preparing for the New Hampshire primary. He's sadly trailing her, like his uh, rival, Heather Dunbar, the polls when season four begins and uh there's many things he tries to do one of them like and while everything goes on there's a photo of his grandfather who was oh my his father who was a clansman and one of the underworld like it's posing like i guess there's a bunch of things that what that happen that are not good but uh what happens is Meanwhile, while all this has gone on, Lucas Goodwin, who gets released from prison, decides to seek revenge for Zoe Barnes. And all the, while all of this is happening, Claire even suggests to Frank, why don't I run for vice president? Why don't I run as your vice president? Which he just decides completely against. And one day at a campaign rally, Frank gets fatally shot. His um, his main security detail 
uh, member Edward Beecham gets mortally wounded after he um, saves the president from being shot. Well, he gets shot, but he gets shot in the liver and has all these hallucinations and whatnot while he's in while he's in a coma. Snapper finds a way to manipulate everything to have it so he's on the top of the transport li- like transplant list. And uh, once Frank comes out okay, he does decide to let Claire run for like as his VP. Heather drops out of the race due to some issues because of a discovery of a meeting she had with Lucas Goodwin days before the attempt on Underwood's life and all this stuff. And it's just like Will Conway happens to be like um, the Republican Republican nominee nominee Will Conway sees all this happens and um, decides to run even harder against everyone. Um, And what happens, I guess, during one event Secretary of State Catherine Durant decides to run during an open convention as well. She decides to put her name down, but she decides to surrender her delegates using the public sympathy. Yada yada yada. And then the Islamic Caliphate organization, similar to ISIS, like become a problem, and they. Find a way to adopt American extremists that are loyal to their organization that kidnap a suburban family. The Underwoods allow Conway to negotiate with them, making his opponent making the opponent look like a hero. But and Conway found a way to illegally influence Congress, and um, the, the what was it? The Washington Herald journalist. Tom Harrisman, who worked with Zoe Barnes and Lucas Goodwin, actually exposes Underwood's crimes. And they decide, like, while Frank might be, like, finding himself close to being impeached, he decides to declare declare war on ICO and allow the public to see the hostage die in order to, like, one of the hostages die to, in order to distract from the scandal and create an atmosphere of widespread fear that he can exploit for the election. As the election comes through, it becomes almost a stalemate. And, um... A lot of things happen. There's two attacks in Tennessee and Ohio that make it look like there's a terrorist attack that happens. And the election gets dragged on. Very similar to how... Uh, excuse me, how it got dragged on during this most recent 2020 election for Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And all the while, I don't think I ever mentioned this, but um, Kevin Spacey's character, Frank Underwood, Francis Joseph Underwood, likes to break the fourth wall a lot. He does actually use a little bit of it to... um, he uses the fourth wall in a smart way, if I'm honest. It's not like how Deadpool uses his, where it's always, like, to make a joke. Frank's is more, like, he, he uses it to talk to the audience in a way where it's, like, you know he's a, he's very fucked up, but you know he wants to... 
keep you in on the information. He wants you to know that this is what's going to happen. And, um... They have to have another contingent election in the House. They both don't get enough votes, so, um... Claire is appointed acting president until the House votes again. And a lot of things go on, but when the... Um, Mark Usher, one of the campaign managers for um, Mark Con- like for Conway, what was his name? Conway, Conway, Conway. For um, Will Conway, he decides to show up and help uh, cause more problems than are needed. But at the end of the day, if we find out that um. Underwood is now president-elect and his past comes back to again to haunt him when Hammersmith starts to write a story linking him to Zoe's death. When one of the senators committee, well congress committees intensifies during its investigation Frank tries to divert the public attention by ordering troops into Syria under the pretense of like preventing a terrorist attack by ICO and a few other things when everything starts to get out of control he out of the blue decides to resign completely after um, he tries to after he pushes his secretary Durant, secretary of defense Durant down a flight of stairs, incapacitating her, and all these things, and it's just very ridiculous. Like he, he, and he even says to Claire, he only does this to ensure that they control the country for years to come. And he has a few other people killed. He persuades Stan, like Dog, to confess to killing Zoe when she never did. And it was only for the plan. Like, the only thing about the plan was that she was meant to pardon him. So he can work in the private sector as well as Duck Stamper. Which would make it easier for him to kind of just like do what he needed to do. But by the end of season 5, she, he even breaks the fourth wall and says, If she doesn't pardon me, I'll kill her. Now... Frank doesn't really appear in season six. This is where, if I'm honest, this is where his wife comes into play. Because now she's president. She's been president since near the very end of season five. And she's been so since. And now she's dealing with the fact that her husband just doesn't die. And now I feel like it's all a little too convenient for me and I need to control it my way before all these cards kind of collapse on me. Like, have it so the entire house of cards themselves don't actually fall on top of me right here. Because this will not do if anything else happens. So, the way she kind of does it, if I'm honest, is a good, good way. Because, I mean... We don't know what really happened. 
We get speculations. We get told this and that from a lot of people. We don't. I don't really think we're meant to really believe what happened. But apparently, Doug. Apparently, no. No, what actually happened is like we find out. Apparently, it was a heart attack or something like that. Where it was an overdose of his liver medication that caused a heart attack where he died in Claire's bed. And now she's a widow and she's using this power to more or less say, I am now a widow. Like, I just lost my husband. Let me have, like, let me have some peace and quiet a little bit. But she uses this in such a way that is almost very, very dark, and just as much as dark as Frank and how he controlled things, because she goes from twisting it to lying almost completely on so many levels. Like she just, she finds a way to just twist and turn and just do do so many things that makes Frank look more than just a psycho and a delusional basket case. But more like someone that could say, I lied, but my wife, she can lie to you faster dark, like, and quicker and make you believe all the bullshit that I ever did was actually true and not a lie. But Frank in the show apparently gets buried in, Arl- in, in Gaffney, South Carolina, where he's from. He didn't want to be buried there. He wanted to be buried in Arlington because that's where all... I believe the presidents do get buried for the most part. I believe he wanted to get buried there. He never got that. And, um... He's mentioned several times. During the off-screen. And, um... He's, in fact, dead throughout the entire series. And we find out that... He actually did plan to kill... Claire in revenge for Ben. Like, he... We all find out that dog... Like, um... Not Doug, that Frank wanted to kill Claire just for abandoning him, and um, what really happens is that Claire finds out that this has happened, but she finds out in the most ridiculous, like, not in the most ridiculous way, but the most like dun 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 sort of plot twist because it happens at the very end of the series, and it's Doug Snapper, the one man. That she learned to trust throughout the series. Who was with her husband for so long. Killed her husband. Just to prevent her from from being killed herself. And not only that. But. The real kicker. Is. Part way. Through the series. Like through this part of the series. Like through season six, we find out, find out Claire's pregnant. This is where it takes even a darker turn because they've been saying they wanted a child for many years in the series. She finally gets to have one with Frank's sperm, I guess, that he had frozen for in vitro fertilization for her later on because they tried to conceive for many years but never did because she had three abortions apparently as well. Which I don't believe, but that is what the viewers are meant to believe anyways. And 
as the sixth season kind of progresses, we find Doug in the hospital for a few weeks because he's like not in the hospital. He's like in the like in the psychiatric ward, I guess, of the hospital, and he's trying to um, be coerced otherwise, and not like being told that like he actually killed who killed Frank and Zoe and all this, but he has to tell all these things, and it's like. He escapes, he gets pardoned, and a few other things happen. But it's like, it's ridiculous on how this series kind of ends. Because it kind of started how it began. Because the beginning of the series has Frank killing a... Hold on a second. It has a dog in the series be killed at the very beginning, but I don't know why... Like, it has that happen, and it's like... I'm sorry for the music in the background. That didn't, uh, I didn't intend that to happen. That just happened. That was, all of, that was very sudden. I don't know why exactly that happened, but whatever. But that happens, and it's like... Um, it happens, and it's a very strange way, because seriously, I don't believe... Like it starts just how it began, in a sense, because it happens at the very beginning of the episode, like the very first episode, and it just, it's just how it starts. It just starts in a way where it's, um, I believe he just starts it out of nowhere, just killing a dog who, I guess, got run over by a car, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he, he's hearing... His neighbor's dog get hit by a car. He comforts the dog and uh, mortally wounds it. And before he, he uh, as he addresses us, the audience, before he calmly strangles it, and he just kind of says, "There, no more pain." And that's what Claire kind of does as well. But what really is interesting, though, is how she goes from being called Claire Underwood to Claire Hale. She doesn't want to be recognized by her husband's legacy anymore. She doesn't want to be attached to the, like, Underwood name anymore. She goes back to her maiden name, and it's a very confusing reason as to why, but that's what we gotta go with. I have no reason as to why she does it, but she does it. I don't have any qualms about it. I personally think it's a good idea if you don't want to be associated with your husband. What's the point in allowing yourself to be like a part of that anyways like she does this in a sense and it's just she does this because doug comes in after exposing all these lies and everything else he comes in and says this to like her and uh he says he's the one that killed frank he tries to kill her with a letter opener that he was given by frank before he died and um he tries to actually cut her open. He instead um, like, is a mess. And he's apologizing. He's sorry. And then he stabs her. He She gets to... Uh, like, she stabs him. And strangles him. Like, well, suffocates him. And says, there. No more pain. Like, it does it the same way. But not to us, the audience. So. Like, it's, it's one of those things. It's interesting to say the least. But it just... It's... I don't know. I really do not know how to say this, folks. It's a very 
twisted way on ending the series, but honestly, it was needed, if I'm honest. The show, if I'm honest, I don't like how it ended. I don't like how Kevin Spacey also, because I'm probably going to have to re-upload this, probably, or I might have to do a part two of this. That'll probably be brief. You might not even notice, but it'll be a continuation of this podcast that I might do if I have to edit it before this comes up because as I'm recording this this is a couple this is on the 21st this is on the winter solstice on the longest night of the year in many parts of the world sometimes the shortest night of the year depends on where you are in the world but it is the winter solstice and currently like I mentioned it is the first day of winter basically it is three it is four days before Christmas day three days before Christmas Eve and I'm guessing if I don't release this before Christmas Day, I will release this a couple days after Christmas. I'm going to maybe say before New Year's Eve. So I'm going to say again, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all that celebrate it. If you don't, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy everything that you celebrate out there. I don't know all and I don't want to seem ignorant. So Happy Holidays to everyone. But uh, yeah, the other thing is there are two videos that Kevin Spacey has done where he pretends to be where he still thinks he's Frank Underwood one of the videos is let me be frank that video is if I'm honest one of the most weirdest things ever it was on the same day that he was charged with indecent insult and battery he posted an official short film continuation of the series called let me be frank and he addresses the audience as underwood and obliquely references the sexual assault allegations and kind of hints that his character may not actually be dead because you never see frank die in the series you never do see that and then we see another one last year that's just abbreviated as ktwk which has him doing the same thing. He wishes the world a Merry Christmas. And it's been a pretty good year. He says the next time someone. Does something to you you don't like. You can go on the tack. But you can hold your fire. And do the unexpected. You can kill them with kindness. And while he's doing this. Throughout the whole episode. Like the whole video of this one. Like that's a short. Like it was also a follow up to let me be frank. He's doing it on his YouTube channel, and he's stoking the fire at least four times. And there have been four people that have accused Kevin Spacey of certain things. And at the same time, those four people have found themselves dead. So it's a very... It's very interesting, to say the least. I don't know if he will release another one this upcoming Christmas. If he does... I'm going to hold off on posting this because I'm going to hold off on posting this just for a few days. If he doesn't on Christmas Eve, fine. I will release it right on Christmas Eve. If he does, then I'll wait to review that part and I will do a part two. That will be just a continuation of this. It won't really make it won't really matter. But anyways, I hope everyone's having a very good holiday out there. We just had some snow today. On the 21st, out where I reside. But that doesn't matter. I wanted to at least let you all know that 
to put it frankly, you could, if someone does something you don't like, you could go on the attack, but you can also kill them with kindness if you hold your fire. Now, if you will, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to go back to drinking my eggnog and enjoying my plate of ribs, because I think I'm, I'm very hungry for another plate of ribs. Oh boy, I'm hungry. Oh boy, I am hungry. Hello everyone, welcome back to part two of the House of Cards character study. You want a character analysis of Frank Underwood. I just saw the most recent video from Mr. Underwood. And this is the first time that the person that plays him, Kevin Spacey, doesn't um, do some of the crazy things he's done in the past with any of his videos. This time around... He kind of, he was about, I thought he was going to actually do a, a Frank Underwood video. But instead, he kind of breaks character. And it's, it's heartbreaking. But also, it's a good thing too, because he's now able to understand he's not Frank Underwood anymore. He understands it, it's over, like it's, it's done with. But he, he's able to say, don't. Like, he actually does have a bit of a meaningful message, how a lot of people reached out to him and said they may contemplate suicide or what have you, and they're in a place where they just, they don't feel comfortable. And I myself, I know I'm in that spit, in that same place, and it's, just to see him say that, just to say, no, don't do it, just, if you need help, there are, are people that can help you, is just, I don't know what to say about it, it. I know this is on Christmas Eve. He's done this for three, like for two, like three years now. Twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. Now on Christmas Eve each year, and it's just it's shocking, really. It's a, it's just, it's just. I don't know what to say. I was gonna go further into this rabbit hole of sorts and kind of like think, oh gee, he's. Still thinking he's Frank Underwood and he's unable to gain control of himself. Like, he's still thinking that he's Frank Underwood and he can still get away with it. This year he gets very serious and doesn't shoot it at his house or wherever he shot it. I guess he had someone help him. Or he, I think he just grabbed a drone. He might have used a drone or something. I'm not sure how he did it, but he found a way to make it look like he grabbed someone's phone or he grabbed his phone or what have you whatever the recording device was and give a meaningful message which when I look closely is only two minutes it's like two and a half minutes and unlike the other ones he's done those ones have all been roughly like this first one was around three minutes and then his second one was around a minute this time around it was I don't know what to say I'm honestly shocked but to see him say such a thing such a thing of like there are people that can help you and it's just like I just never expected it from Frank Underwood cause he's someone that like for Kevin Spacey no less to break character number one that's one thing I never expected him to ever do but he's done it this one time 
And it's because people have reached out to him. Because they've been in, like, in some pain. And it's like... I don't know. I kind of got to say, it, it's just... It's one of those things. I've never expected it. But you know what? I'm glad he uh, was able to do something different this year. He's still going to do... A, I think he's going to keep on doing these Christmas... Like, special, like, uh, like Christmas Eve videos every year. Until he decides to give up. But even then, I don't think he needs to. This time around, he knows that 2020's been terrible. He wanted to be a little bit more serious. And to hear him say what he said, I, I want to say thank you very much. Mr. Kevin Spacey, I don't think you're ever listening to this. Even if you are. Even if you are listening to this podcast and you think me... Not ridiculing you, but... more describing everything you've done i want to say thank you i know there's been a lot of trouble that you've had to deal with with all these certain things all these accusations of this and that the other thing people saying this that you did this you did that i don't believe it it may be true i don't know i don't really want to be put i don't want to have my back against the wall and say yes i agree that you did that you didn't do this or yes you did do this all I know is that you're a great actor, and if you are listening to this, which I doubt, but if you are, and you stumble upon this, just know that's, that this video that you made today on Christmas Eve is um, quite, uh, quite the piece, and I appreciate it a lot because I've been contemplating suicide for many, many years. This podcast has just been... I feel a stepping stone away from that where I can keep this going and keep my thoughts of suicide and everything else out of the way. And I wanted to say anyone that is dealing with it out there, you get like, there is always going to be someone that will be willing to listen to you. Just there's always going to be someone that's willing to help you. You just need to go and reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. And. Yeah. This is hard for me to even talk about. But it's hard. It's it's something that I didn't ever expect to say on my podcast. But I wanted to say to everyone. You're not alone. And. Yeah. I wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I don't think I'm ever going to get my Frank Underwood voice just as well as him. Like, I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I don't think I'm going to get it as perfect as he's got it because I'm not from the States. I'm not from South Carolina. I don't think I'll ever get it that well done in my ever at all. I could try. But honestly, it's not as good as my British accent or whatever you want to call it, my other various accents, but I'm not going to bother right now. I wanted to say Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy New Year. I will see you all in 2021. I will review something, hopefully in the new year, that is a brand new movie for Midnight Movie Confessionals. But if I can't because of the pandemic, amongst other things that have happened this year, then I'll just keep on reviewing movies when I can. Project Blue Book Season 2 will be out next year so if you are listening to that if you're listening to this for that then uh yeah that's your news for that and yeah 
I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Because we all know that this upcoming year, there will be a new president in the White House. And it won't be Miss Ke- it won't be Miss Claire Hale. And it won't be Mr. Frank Joseph Underwood. Mr. Francis Joseph Underwood. It will actually be Mr. Joe Biden. And with that, everyone, I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is Midnight Movie Confessionals host, Scott, signing out. And transmission.